Welcome to the Specifist. Specify your philosophy and life. Recording. Welcome to <clears throat> a new episode of the Specifist. So, this might end up being like a multi seg uh, a multi episode topic um depending on certain factors it won't be like necessary to watch every single episode because i'm going to try and make it more uh simple like the more simple examples and stuff and then the more complicated the more that we go along this path of these episodes the more complicated it'll get so that you can kind of follow along what's going, what's going on here. Um, but today we're talking about interdependence. How one thing does not exist by itself. It exists with other things around it. So what does this mean, right? So like, give an, I'll give an example, right? The floor, the ground that I'm sitting on. It cannot exist without reality itself, without carpet, without concrete, without the walls here as well. Like the house involves walls, involves floor, but the house is also in, in the environment and the environment is on earth and earth is in the sky and the sky is a part of the universe and the universe has galaxies. And so everything is kind of connected in this kind of way. Um, <laughs> and it, it's really interesting to me how, uh, easy it is to overlook this. So one of the things that people do, and it's, it's not really no, anybody's fault. Nobody's really been taught this. So it's really hard to notice this and become aware of this. But what they will do is he'll say, things should be like X. Or whatever that is. It doesn't matter what it is. Like, say you, you believe that you should have your space or whatever it is, right? Um, but the interesting problem with this all this is, and I'm not saying you shouldn't have your space. I'm just giving you a small, simple example. But the problem with this is, is that everything has a consequence, and there's this idea of like minimal harm that says like, oh, you should do the smallest harm that's possible. Um, things like this. You should do something that causes no consequence, whatever it is. But there is no such thing. There's no such zero consequence thing that you do. It all has a consequence. If it's not to you, it's to somebody else or whatever it is. You know, for instance, if you... Um, eat something somebody else probably isn't eating that thing that you're now eating uh doesn't mean that you're taking well you could be taking food from people not 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 just not necessarily in like a literal sense like you're stealing food but you're when you're eating something you know somebody else starves somebody else might die because indirectly because of 
you know, whatever reason, you know, maybe because, because in some ways when you buy things, the prices for those things go up. And if nobody can afford, if that person can't afford it, indirectly you cause that action because of the interdependence of all things. So one of the problems with, uh, trying to understand anything is that you, to understand anything, you have to almost understand like everything, but that's not possible. And so the best we can kind of do is understand the things that affect this one thing the most. And it's, it's a very like complex pro uh, process, right? So, <laughs> It's really difficult to uh, try and give you example, simple, simple examples. But so let's say that you're um, doing something. Maybe you're doing the dishes or whatever it is, right? Those dishes are in finite supply, right? If you do the dishes, if you if you buy dishes, you you can't. Others and everybody else can buy dishes, and so the dishes market, if you want to call it that, is uh, limited, and so the dishes will go up or go down depending on how many people buys or sells dishes. It's a really really uh, simple example, but like this is how it works: Inter interdependence, right? And so if you do something to the economy it doesn't just affect others it doesn't just affect the world it affects you as well you know people are talking now about climate change and whatnot and while they are somewhat exaggerating what the problems are with climate change they're not wrong and it will eventually affect us negatively in certain instances uh, in some ways, a bigger problem is uh, pollution, but that's more third world country problems. But so, so to give you some examples about this, because it's <clears throat> this applies to basically anything that you want to apply it to. It's pretty much applies to everything, a lot of things at least, right? Um. So, one of the things that a lot of environmentalists try and do is make third world countries uh, environmentally friendly by doing things that are actually really expensive to do and that would be really hard for them to do because it would take a lot of money and resources for that to, for that to happen. Um... So all of this stuff is very connected because on one hand, we, because we're so used to having a lot of money in our economy for various reasons, you know, because we typically are paid more than most other countries are, which is actually causing us some problems lately, which is why a lot of uh, companies are outsourcing to other other uh, nations in the first place um <clears throat> because things are getting more expensive because 
nations, more developed nations, are uh, raising their employee rates, which raises the prices of things, which then makes the company less profitable because people are going to try and pay more, which increases inflation. Um, and so the solution is to go to areas where those problems aren't a problem anymore, like third world countries. People are always talking about how sweatshops are a problem and how they shouldn't exist and things like this. And I'm not saying that they should exist, but they're a solution to the business problem uh, to a certain extent. Perhaps it's gone to extremes. You know, I don't really know, but they're just a um, practical result of rising prices and uh, less efficient production <clears throat> because of regulations, because of unions and things like this. I'm not saying that regulations and unions are bad, but I'm just explaining how interdependent on these things are. And so because of that, you, you get companies that decide to outsource to third world countries. Is it a bad thing? It's a good thing? I don't know. The point is, is it, it's uh, just a way to actually decrease prices here. Record. So I'm not saying that like there's no greed or anything involved or that you know, there's no better ways in which this happens, but this is the logical uh, result of increased wages in certain areas. It, it requires businesses for various reasons to outsource. And then you have situations where then those those uh, people are so <clears throat> according to some, I don't know how true this is, but a lot of these people are given a better uh, job than they would have normally gotten um, if they wouldn't have gotten a job from this, these places, right? So, you know, assuming that this is true, that's actually improving their economy to a certain de degree. But then we're getting then we're getting really complicated because then <laughs> the economy is is finite. And money is finite as we speak. Um, I mean, you can't really just print money without it causing problems. Like, we're dealing with that right now where our government's just printing money because they think it's going to solve the problem. It's not really working for us and it's causing us more problems. Um, right? Like, I would say if you have uh, some kind of currency, let's call it a yuck, right? Say there's only 10,000 of those yucks within a country and that's the main currency of that country that that yuck is going to go further than if it had 200,000 of those yucks right assuming that that yuck was seen as valuable by its uh country or not by its country but by its uh people by the people in this country 
And so the 10,000 yucks would be spread out in some way. Maybe then it would be increased to 11,000, right? Because then you have to increase it to a small degree. But how do you increase it? Why is it increased? Um, interdependence. So going back into trying to make other countries more environmentally friendly is where the problem is because of poverty in these countries. It's not possible in, in the ways in which they're trying at least to do it. Like it has to be done in a very subtle kind of way to make it happen properly if it's going to happen at all. Um, because they're they're not paid $15 an hour, $10 an hour, whatever it is. And however many people you know, bitch and complain about how much they're getting paid and that it's minimum wage and all this other stuff, it's more than these other countries are getting. Um you know, in a lot of ways, I think we've gotten, our, this country has gotten extremely greedy when it's come to this because other countries have nowhere near this kind of amount of wage, wages that, that we do for the, the things that we have. We have all kinds of things, houses, phones, and it just like seems like it doesn't seem to matter what we have. People are just looking for more things to have, you know, if it's not a new phone, it's a new couch or it's a new something, um, you know, while, while these other countries are not dealing with that problem, they're not, and that's why they're not being forced to, they're not, that's why they're not, um, being outsourced to here because they're not demanding all these things because they have very little as it is. Um, it's really interesting to me to, that a lot of these same people that are like for this, the helping these other countries are, are for doing this and trying to raise a minimum wage. And that even, even though it's not really going to help you, it's not really going to help them because then they're just going to outsource more. Uh, and forcing them here, which is what some people want to do, is not going to help either. It's going to raise prices. People are going to turn to other cars or whatever it is that we're now manufacturing. <clears throat> and so everything has a consequence. Everything has a price to a certain level. This is where it gets interesting because you can't just like raise wages and, and say, oh, that's going to fix our problem. <sighs> because what that's going to do is that's going to raise prices for wages, right? Say you have a company, right? And because everything is interdependent, that company is beholden to the uh, economy. If that company doesn't produ produce enough, it's not going to make that much. That company is not going to make a profit, and it might even go bankrupt, and the business will disappear. The business owner will, you know, they may sell the company or whatever, or they may be in debt for a, a while. You know, whatever it is, right? So let's say you have a company that produces a, some bread, right? So they have to buy certain things to make the bread. Flour, ovens, whatever it is that they make. Whatever it is that they have to use to make bread. They have to, they have to buy a building or rent a building that costs money that's causing overhead. 
uh, and that's costing things, making things cost a little more. And they have the employees, right? And so that makes the bread a certain amount of money. Um, it's really com it's complicated. I'm trying to simplify this as much as possible, right? So if you have a company that's making this bread, this this bakery, let's call it a bakery, right? This this uh, building, this business, and they sell the bread, but then one day. This uh, area that they're in says we need to make more regulations, regulate the bread industry. That means that this bread company has to hire more, more uh, people, has to maybe buy more expensive machinery, has to has to do more rigorous testing and things like this. I'm not saying it's not it's not a good idea. Maybe it is. Maybe it doesn't. But the point is, is that. For this to happen, things will have to change. They will have to become, they have to raise their prices more to support the regulation that's being put in place, right? So say that bread is, I don't know how much a bread is, like three bucks, two bucks. It depends on what kind of bread you're getting. Let's say three dollars for simplicity's sake, right? That's what it was orig originally. So because of that inflate and because of that uh, regulation, it has to now be 320. That's a pretty substantial increase. That's about let me think for a second. <laughs> it's a good amount. Um, 10, 20, it's like 116th higher than it was. And so that so so they sell the bread right because it's more complicated than they because you sell the bread you sell the bread and you um then kind of like get money so that you can play, pay your employees and they will probably buy bread they may even buy your bread um but they also buy other things from the economy, which increases the economy in certain ways. Um, and so all these things kind of add up to improve the economy. But if you regulate things, their prices might have to go up. That means they buy less. They, but that means they have to conserve more money or whatever it is, right? And it depends on what you want to, want to do here. This is where it gets kind of confusing because there's so, so much that, that's involved. So let's say that they say, okay, that that didn't work. What That didn't do what we wanted to do. Let's... That didn't increase my... Or that didn't, didn't do what we, we hoped it would do. Let's... Uh, increase the minimum wage from like let's say it was eight dollars and or ten dollars let's say right so it's basically easier for me to add up ten dollars that means now it goes up to fifteen dollars that's two it's one third the what it originally was doesn't sound like a lot but that means that everything has to go up again businesses will have to raise their prices again to afford the new employees um, and so now the bread is 
350, let's say. It, it may not be that high, but I'm just giving you a ballpark here. So the bread is 350 now. And so now you can't buy as much. Maybe you're getting paid more, but you're not. But it's not because it's because you're basically going to be increasing prices because they're going to be increasing prices um, just to the same degree that they're increasing bread or, uh, you know, minimum wage. It makes no difference. It has very little effect. It may have an effect at first, but then eventually it come, kind of goes back to what it was. Um, because everything is interdependent. There is no such thing as no consequences when it comes to these kinds of things. Uh, and so now the bread maker has to... Now the bread maker may in some ways make more money. They're getting more money per month, but they're spending more money. And so it kind of equals out to about the same that they were getting originally, right? So say the person says, okay, what we can do is we can make a factory of uh, that makes bread and we can outsource this factory to a certain area. This area being, let's say China, for instance, right? Uh, we can make the flour, we can make all these things. We can try and do this so that our operation is not completely, but pretty independent from the economy. We don't have to buy flour anywhere. We don't have to buy all these things. And so we produce these things ourselves, and then we sell them. Let's say they outsource all this stuff, or most of it, right? Because they're not getting... Their their employees are not going to be getting as paid as much, and there's no not as, not as much regulation and unions. That price will of bread will then fall to back down to three bucks or maybe even cheaper to eighty. Let's say, right? That means you can buy more bread, you can sell more bread. People are going to be like, "Wait, that bread is now way cheaper than it was. Why is that bread cheaper? Bread is cheaper because it's moved to a place that doesn't." requires much regulation, as much union support, and as much minimum wage, things like this. And so everything has a cost because because but and because of this, now your Chinese economy is getting stronger. But not just that, but because, you know, I've heard a lot of things about how China is actually the biggest polluter when it comes to like coal and things like this. I don't know how true that is, but so you have situations now where China's economy is stronger. The United States economy is, uh, I wouldn't say weaker, but it's not in the same category as it was because now these old employees are now have not have to look for new work in some other field, maybe even in bread field, you know, if they're still want to do bread stuff. Maybe they even make their own bakery and then they find their, you know, maybe they were angry at first because they were like, these these asshole businesses, right? And they start their own bakery because they're like, I'm going to do it better than these people. And then they come across the same problem. Like, oh, wait a minute. I'm noticing a problem here. I'm not getting as much as I thought I would be getting. Um, I'd like to raise my minimum wage prices more. But if I did that, I would, I would, I would, have be, I would be getting less profit, which means less things because it's not just about profit for the business person right 
it sounds like that's what what profit is and it can be it definitely can be but it's just as possible that some of that profit is actually going to make uh going to spending for more kind of research and development meant into creating cheaper and cheaper uh levels of bread and so you're not producing bread in the same way that you were it's it's more efficient you're getting more done in this way so profit is not just about like you're getting money from the, the this business and doing nothing with it and it's just yours and you ah, <laughs> look at me i'm rich and things like this it's more complex than this <clears throat> so i'm not saying that like none of this is well the thing about this is that even this is just a very simplified version of this because it doesn't take into account who you're selling to bre the bread to, their overhead, who you're buying the ovens from, the flour from, whatever it is that you're doing. Everything has some kind of cost, right? And both sides don't really see this. And this is part of the problem. And, and the right says it somewhat, but it doesn't go deep enough. It doesn't go to this extreme, like, interdependence level that I'm talking about here. Um, and this is why we have politicians that don't understand what the fuck they're talking about. Why do you think these people talk, people talk about all these things? Oh, I'm going to get this done. I'm going to get that done. Hell, half the time they don't get it done. Why? Because they don't understand this shit. They don't understand what I'm talking about here. And if I tried to explain it to them, they'd be like, no, you're wrong, David. You have to do this, and you got to get it done this way. And it's like, no, it's not how it works. That's not anything to do with anything I'm talking about. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Because we can't have a rational and reasonable conversation about this shit because nobody is taught. Nobody is told. Nobody explains it. Libertarians kind of explain it, but, like, <clears throat> the problem with that is it's very much within the libertarian worldview. It's still correct, but it's skewed by their views. I'm not saying their views are wrong, but <clears throat> even the libertarian views would have consequences. Um... So we went over left consequences, right? Let's go over some right consequences, some more right-wing kind of, or right-wing-based consequences of, like, the education system. Perhaps it's left-wing as well. It's all of them, really. I think they do it. So one of the things that people do, with with politicians do, and then when it comes to education, is you, uh, do it through property tax, meaning that, if, uh, if I have it correct, most most of the counties, most most of the states, um, if you most of the states, what most of the states, what they do is they take the local property tax of this current neighborhood that you're in or current area area, and put that to the schools of that particular area, which is actually one of the worst things you can do. It doesn't really work. It doesn't help things at all. Um, because 
So let's kind of go over it logically, right? So if you're poor and live in a poorer area, you're going to be paying less taxes, property taxes. And so that's going to create shittier schools. And so those kids are going to grow up in those schools and have a shittier education system or have a shittier education Unless somehow they find a way to move out, you know, unless they find some way to deal with this, they're going to have shittier education because they're not as funded. And that's going to translate to them probably being forced to stay in the same neighborhood or similar neighborhood, further uh, keeping poverty within certain families, certain neighborhoods and certain people. Um black people, whatever it is. It's not really about black or white, but it, it definitely can be. But it's more about the generational spread of miseducation because of poor being, but because of being poor. It doesn't really matter if you're black or white as far as that goes. It's just the way that this nation does this. In the United States, that is. Other countries do it a little bit differently, but but as far as that goes, the United States is about like twenty third of um when it comes to education, which is like one of the worst as as far as developed countries go, anyways. So yeah, that explains everything. <laughs> because. They probably do it by averages. I don't really know exactly how it works, but my guess is they, they usually do these things by averages. So if you have a bunch of poor people, but a couple of rich people, you're going to have a bunch of poorly educated people and a bunch of people who, who are really educated, who are going to be mostly white. Um, and so the poorer people are going to be kind of skewing those averages to the lower ends because that's how averages usually work. They don't really work. I don't really like the averages, the idea of averages um, because averages aren't really telling you anything. I like the means, the, the mean, or is it the median? Usually the middle is where it tends to be, like where the most people are in the middle because averages are not really like, people think averages like averages and like, middle of the road people people who are not like too bad off too worse off and that's not really what averages are in this case but in most cases actually and that's probably one of the problems that i have with averages but it's another subject <laughs> but so this education system of income tax or property tax is not working it's not helping it's making things stay the same which serves the politician serves the more heavily well-to-do income people. It's probably one of the reasons why social mobility is lower in, like, the United States than it is in, like, Sweden. Social social mobility is basically the uh, ability to climb the income scales. You know, poor people can become richer easier in more uh, social mobility countries and higher social mobility countries like Sweden. Um, and probably the reason is because of this. One of the reasons. I mean, sure, there's multiple reasons. 
And so interdependence has a role to play in all kinds of things, the economy, uh, everything. And this is where it all comes down to, because a poorly educated populace, it sounds like it's a good idea if you're rich, in a sense. Like, if you are an elite, that might sound like a good idea, but it actually backfires on you because you are then unable to have a populace that understands things properly and, and can do things properly. But that's what happens when you have no understanding of inter interdependence. No understanding of, of, of this kind of nature that we're talking about here. Because <laughs> nobody tells you. Nobody tells anybody that. Even if you're like really educated, you're not told, taught this. Colleges don't really tell you this unless you specifically learn certain theories like system theory uh, or whatever. But typically you're not taught this. I mean, this took me, like, years to figure out. For 30 years, I was unaware of most of this crap. Well, maybe not 30 years. Maybe it was closer to 27 or 28. But the point is, I, I didn't know about most of this shit because nobody taught. Nobody taught any of us about this shit because nobody was taught. Nobody, nobody saw this because they didn't think hard enough about it, maybe, or because they weren't prepared to tell people or whatever it is, right? So, <laughs> this, this, this concept, like, if you try and follow everything back to its source like this, like, if you try and figure out how all these things are independent, you can learn more about how things work than if you actually just look it up. I mean, you can look up certain things about, like, certain aspects about, like, how does, how does somebody make bread? You know, how does somebody do this? You know, whatever it is. Um, and you can start noticing things like this. But the problem is that it feels like it, it doesn't serve you to, to learn this, but it actually helps in so many different ways and directions that it would be impossible to tell you about it in one episode or two episodes or three episodes um but i kind of built a foundation here i think to help you see more of this because a lot of this is very simple but very um what's the word i'm looking for i don't want to say complex but very very uh Profound. It is complex, but it's very simple in some ways, but it's very complex in others. Like, it's simple in the sense, like, oh, yeah, we're all connected. Like, it's easy to say that, but it's harder to explain how that really works. Um, that's really what it means. Everything is connected together. <laughs> it's, 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 uh, it's not about love. It's not about unity. It's not what this means. I mean, it, it can mean that. But it's not really even the deeper level of what it means. We're all connected. Everything is connected because if something changes, it changes something else, which then changes something else, which just changes something else, which just changes something else. And that might even change the beginning thing. And that changes the other things again. 
and that just kind of goes in a circle like that. Everything is connected. <laughs> That's what that means, really. When people say that we're all one, everything is one. That's basically what they're trying to say, but they don't know what that what what they're saying. They don't know how to say it, and they don't really even understand what that even means half the time. Most of the time, it's it's meant more like a spiritual way, like oh, everything is one. Everything is about peace and love and divinity. It's like no, that's not really what it means to be one and connected. It's a lot more. It's actually a lot more grounded in reality than that and and most uh, things that you hear about because it seems the problem is that most people most uh things that you read most politicians most uh policies and politics people are uh kind of going th- th- at things from one particular anger that they're only focused on one particular thing you know, whatever that whatever that is for trump that was like immigration and like trade agreements and like these small things that are not even like um the biggest issue in some ways but so his policies were all policies because they're they're not aware of this in a lot of ways are going to be kind of like half assed they're not going to be very good they're always going to fail i mean they're always going to fail anyways there's there's always going to be consequences to be honest with you there's no such thing as a perfect plan or suggestion. There's always going to be some kind of consequence for your action, however small that is. You know, if you decide to cut your hair right now, you're going to look a certain way. You know, maybe you're going to lose a more heat heat from your hair, things like that, from your head, things like this. You might end up spending more money than you would normally want to. You, you wouldn't be able to pay for it because you have to, mo- most people would end up paying for a haircut. So you would pay for something like a haircut, but because that you couldn't pay for something else that you might want, that might actually be more important like a, uh, some food or whatever it is. And how, you know how things are, Prices are going crazy right now. All that has to do with interdependence as well. Like, why are prices going crazy right now? One of the reasons is because Biden is getting rid of a lot of these um, oil productions in United States and Canada and things like this. You know, like the Keystone Pipeline and things like this. I'm not saying that oil is a good thing, but you know, people are dependent on oil. The economy is dependent on oil more than people realize. And because of that, everything is rising now. Everything is going crazy. Um, and now Ukraine's, you know, we're, we're taking, we're getting rid of oil from Ukraine. We're not, we're not buying it anymore, which raises prices even more. And uh, I was told, I was, I don't know how true this is, but that actually the worst part is now that we're, not sorry, not Ukraine, not Ukraine. It was Russia, but it's not just that we're we're not uh, we uh, got things we got oil from Ukraine, but also fertilizer. And so we stopped buying things from Russia 
that means we have to find other places that sell fertilizer, and they're probably going to sell it for more expensively. There must be a good reason why we bought fertilizer from Russia in the first place. And so that means food prices go up. That means that everybody's wages are going to go up. That means prices are going to go up even more. Um, <laughs> so you can't just like snap your fingers and fix everything. It's not the way how life works. Um, they kept talking about how all these oil companies were had all these leases that they weren't using and things like this. And somebody was just explaining that the reason why that is is because they're not, you know, most of the, those uh, leases turn out to be, you know, a bust where they end up finding out later that they can't use them. You know, they have to buy a bunch of equipment to even use those areas in the first place. You know, they have to survey and they have to do all these things that is now harder to do now. It's more expensive for various reasons. So everything is has a consequence. Everything has a price. Everything has, everything affects everything else to a certain degree. It just depends on what that degree is. Um, the further away from that thing it is, the less effect it has. But it doesn't necessarily have no effect at all. Um, and so. The point of the I guess of this episode before I go crazy here because it's already probably getting close to like a 30, 40 minute episode is that everything has a price. So what I want to try and do eventually, it may take me a couple of months or years to do, but we'll, I'll try and give you like a bunch of examples because it doesn't just have to do with the economy it has to do with like everything all kinds of things and it's really really uh kind of interesting but anyways i hope you enjoyed this and i'll talk to the next one